Welcome to the Roundtable Experience, the Roundtable International Podcast. Great to have you back to the Roundtable Experience. Today I'm talking to Daniel Christensen, who is the regional chairman for the NEAR region. It's great to have you uh, on, on this episode, kicking off the second season of the Roundtable International podcast here. Thank you and very much for inviting me. Great to have you. And I'm going to start off with the same first question as always. How does a regular tabling night for you look like? Mm, here in this small town in Arvika, we are eight, nine members. We've been that for the past 10 years. Uh, a normal table night here is start with the SMS group going on and who is in charge of tonight? What are we going to do? And then someone have forgotten something and yeah, we arrange that. And often we fix what we're going to do in a couple of hours and then the night becomes better than we expected. Typically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you meet at uh, the same restaurant, the same bar, or at uh, yeah, tablers' uh, homes? How, how's that organized? Uh, we have rented a room in the backside of one of the club members' garage that we decorate for the past five years. It's yeah, there we often meet. It's the middle of the town, and it's easy. That's awesome. So that's really decorated round table. Do you have a round table with the rondel on it? Yes. Uh, we built it together a couple of years ago and with scratch from the old clubhouse we had many years ago. And yeah, this is the leftovers from it. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, you are right now the chairman for the NEA region. Am I pronouncing that right? Is, do you say near or NIA or how, how do you pronounce that? I actually don't know if we NEA or NEA are. I like the pronunciation near, near region with the yeah near. And which countries uh, belong to that region? Uh, Northern Europe, it's Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Finland, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Canada, US, and South America region. Would actually also have some of the countries belonging to. Netherlands, like Curacao, etc. But we are in the middle of seeing if they actually want to belong to us. Okay, so yeah, geographically pretty widespread. So I, I bet it's a challenge to travel, right? Yeah, it's a big region. Um, but the northern countries has always... I think we see us as a, exactly as everyone thinks the northern people are. Vikings with helmet and drink a lot. Uh, and then when we suddenly um, got divided up to this near region, we also got these um, part, part of the world from Caribbean and Canada and US, and that made it more exotic. So <clears throat> the way you're describing the, the region and also the, the geographic spread, I was going to ask this much later, but... It kind of fits in here right now. How has the, the COVID-19 situation impacted your region? Like with all the digital formats popping at, up, has it even brought your region closer together or, or how was the impact there? Uh, 
I think so we got to know like everyone else that is actually pretty simple to create meetings and online events and different things to get closer and talk to each other. Uh, in the beginning, it was pretty slow and then suddenly it boomed like one to two months after with cooking classes, with um, regional just hangouts and beer nights. And yeah, we had an event where all the IROs and presidents sent in their COVID-19 stories, what they're doing right now. Um, yeah. And also all the informations going around from WhatsApp groups and just join us here for a beer and you can just connect because in our time zones being so different, when we start the meeting at seven here in Sweden and we like it, now it's 11, I need to go. Then it was evening somewhere else and it couldn't just go on. So I woke up in five, six in the morning. Then they were still on the Zoom meeting. It was pretty fun. Yeah, I believe that. So, the year for you is almost almost over um, as regional chairman, and that's why I, I can ask you this um, because you've got to know most of the association directly. Amazing that you had beers, yeah, all all day long, kind of um, that way. Which table, which story, which project inspired you this year? from your region? <laughs> Me and DK's thing was in a meeting some weeks ago and then we just got to know what actually that the New York club was meeting up with um, some sale event down in Caribbean that we'd never heard of but it was actually an event they had done for years uh, that, and DK also texted me like, is this actually a round table club and which country is this and where he didn't even know all of the like clubs that were around um, and all the people also get, you got to know uh, that Zoom event when they told what they were actually doing it got really it was a good meeting because you really experienced what they have been doing the last months and weeks um, during lockdown and what, how it affected them. Has it been tougher in, in other regions of the world? I mean, you, you have this kind of insight here into, into people's lives and how they were directly affected. Has it been tougher in, in different regions, how, how the impact was? I think so. I can see some of the country has been totally shut off uh, on an island. No one in, no one out. Sweden open we're not welcome anywhere uh, we have Finland handling it differently Norway also so everyone is had different stories and what they can do some clubs couldn't even meet some of them here in Sweden for example is had no effect at all they just kept going like nothing happened um, yeah it's been different of course mm -hmm. and you were mentioning like countries that you didn't or, or DK uh, didn't even know that there is a, a round table there or that that belongs to the round table movement. How did the spirit of adopting, adapting, improving and the whole idea of round table, how did it adapt to, to these very different cultures, like you said, compared to 
uh, well, in, in your case, uh, definitely compared to the Northern European cultures? Mm, Time-wise, <laughs> uh, we had the Americas meeting in February and still also the near meeting last year. When something starts 8 o'clock, it, for me, it starts 7.55. Uh, some, somewhere else, it starts 9. That's okay. the big issue, I think. <laughs> so you, you learn a lot about, about patience? Yeah. Um, and in the end, when you're stressed to pieces, you, you realize everything went well anyways and every, everyone had a good time. So, yeah. Well, that's what it's all about in the end, right? Yeah, absolutely. What would be those those small associations you you mentioned, like country wise? What who who's there? Who's there? Many tablers might not even know about that there is a round table there. Um, at the moment, we have Brazil is not actually a, they're struggling. There are some members that is past forty, but they're still almost. It's hard to explain. Um, there, there's some pieces left from Roundtable Brazil, and at the same time we have Roundtable Mexico. At the moment, just got their today their Godmother Association is going to be Roundtable Finland, yeah. uh, and we hope they can shatter it very soon. Though they have a really energetic um, guys and really have been pushing and pushing and asking what is happening and what is happening there. They're impatient. <laughs> Where exactly are they based? Do you know that in Mexico right now? Uh, they're a little bit uh, apart from each other, but Mexico-wise, uh, they're in the central where you fly into, where the tourist area is, and the big cities. Um, and they're looking also for guys, and I think they're around five or six now at the moment. Um, but they really look forward, and they already uh, had have added themselves to the different WhatsApp groups. And yeah, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. And what is the, the most exotic table or association one might never have heard about? At Suriname, Trinidad Tobago is probably those that uh, that area that is f furthest away from us here up, up here in Scandinavia. So that should be worth a round table vacation then? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and is there one one story, one something a table did, a table um, did as a support project or just as a fellowship project that stuck with you this year that you're like telling, uh, if, if somebody's asking uh, about your region, what, what has happened this year? Is there one story that stuck with you that you're telling? Now, I got to know this pretty late. Roundtable Finland has... Um, the king of Finland, he, he invited all his board during last summer home to his house um, to get to know them before the the season started. Um, and they stayed there, everyone, and got to know each other and got ahead of everything. And it shows this year that they really, really are a strong group and achieved a lot and when you get into a room, you can really feel the yeah, the mood is just perfect. And to, to pass this on, they invited all the 
president's IROs and the new ones to Finland this uh, end of summer, start of autumn, to to pass this on to, to have the same kickoff meeting and boot camp. That is amazing. Really what, amazing. What, yeah. Like, is it is it like uh, in in Great Britain the Queen inviting you, or how big is it to have the King invite you? Uh, in Finland. <laughs> The king of Finland is the national president, of course. Um, but it's pretty cool to have him invite everyone home to his house. I, I wouldn't yeah, dare it's to do that. Story, so. <laughs> who, who can say I've, I've been to the king uh, when I started my year as roundtable president? That's amazing. Looking back at three quarters of your year now, what was your ambition for the region where you had the kind of goal to, to, I don't know, I'm going to let you answer this question, but bring tables together, get to know more about your region, um, give structural support to, to anybody who can, uh, can need it. What was your goal starting into the year? One and a half year ago, I, like what, what do I want to do? Uh, why do I want to be near chairman? Then... Uh, the near meeting was a big part of our region. It was when we got together. Uh, from my experience from the past years in the Swedish National Board was why do we go to near meeting and why should we like spend so much money on and send the entire board? Uh, different event gave different good things, um, but it was never like everything was good. There was always some lack of something. So I put a lot of focus on getting those events, pick out the best thing from everything I experienced and hopefully could get a full program that really gave a lot. Uh, and then half a year later, I, I visited Canada and US and I saw that here we also need to put a lot of focus and attention because here is a big part of our roundtable international that someday is probably going to be its own region, not right now, but they need a lot of help, focus and support to grow. Um, it's hard to be on your own in a different continent, uh, different time zone, and always have to travel to, to this side of the world for every event sitting on those long flights. I understood that. And then the near meeting came, and yeah, then we worked a lot to get that perfectly. Uh, and then it was in October, November sometimes, and then it, it had. We had had uh, different kind of RGI board meetings and I realized that every month uh, gathering information, pushing out information, and all of these things takes a lot of time. It was amazing, a lot of uh, background work that you don't see that took very much time that I didn't expect. So seeing this this kind of work that's happening behind the scenes, how did your appreciation or even your just perception of the work that RTI does for associations, for regions, but also for individual tailors? How did that change? Honestly, I, I seen for, for, with the experience from the past boards in Sweden, uh, I realized that there's different positions taking extremely much time, uh, secretary, treasurer, those I always have thanked a lot because they put in a, a lot of energy. Of course, also presidents and all of the other 
uh, positions. Um, but here you can't like. It's hard to say. Yeah, I worked twenty hours with this. Uh, yeah, but per I worked fifteen hours per month. Everyone worked different. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> times I, I, of I year. Totally with different things. I totally get you. I totally get you. But we should be thankful for all. Um, board members doing these works and all the chairmen's uh, IROs PROs uh, and then you realize that all the board assistant uh, doesn't even get paid for the trips they don't have a budget almost uh, they are expected to do this work and they show up at the ward meeting at the half year meeting and present the reports because that's what they should do and then you realize we we take a lot of people for granted sometimes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into a, a real cliche now for tabling. Which friends would you never have met if it hadn't been for this kind of involvement in the roundtable organization? Which stories would you <laughs> never have experienced? Is there is there one thing you want to pick out just because it's it's significant? It was the near meeting in Finland. I, I told this a couple of times. Heading home from that on a long waiting time at the airport, you just don't want to... I'm not a so social person sometimes, but I, I sat there at the gate and I just didn't want to be this bothered. Uh, looking at the phone, don't, didn't want to talk anymore. I just want to get home. And there's a coming a guy and set, starting speaking Norwegian next to me. And he spoke and asked questions and like, please don't you get it? I, I'm just saying yes and no. Leave me alone. Uh, and that was Arne, uh, Ellingsen from Norway. And since that day, we've been really, really close. Um, I'm really happy he, he bothered me as much as he did. <laughs> He's a great friend. Amazing how you yeah. There's those five six. 10 people that just you remember and you you want to know more stories about and yeah I, I totally get that which place where which city would you have never gone without round table i tried but i think round table india's agm some years ago i didn't manage it was actually us flying to the to the meeting and also romania this year that was hectic that that's why you should always pick a pre-tour to actually see something. Uh, if, it's a pity when you're flying. In the... Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you'll see the Snapchat and Instagram stories and Facebook pictures from everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Different different type of traveling, definitely. Uh, the first time in Luxembourg, it was maybe five years ago. There was a CE meeting, something like it. And me and another guy, Jimmy from Sweden, we went there. And I didn't know how exactly how big Luxembourg was. I, I know it was small, and we got picked up from the airport. We drove in and said, yeah, we have an hour or two. Can you just drive us a little bit around maybe to show us something? He made a joke. We didn't get that. So he, he went across a bridge, and then he made a U-turn and went back to the hotel and said, yeah, what you saw from the bridge, that is Luxembourg. So, okay. And then we like, that was not big. And the evening... Um, after a party, we said, yeah, we take the bus home. We don't wait for the transfer bus. 
yeah, we don't know what bus to take. You must ask, like, just take any bus. How this is not so big. It's just they will stop from front of the hotel sometimes. And I think we ended up in Belgium later on that night. It was, we, it, we came back very late that morning. That sounds like fun. Second so, time Belgium uh, <laughs> this year, half year meeting. We saw a lot of more of it and it's a fantastic place. <laughs> so buses in Luxembourg don't go all to the hotel. Not all roads lead to the hotel with some lead to Belgium. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a fun night. It was great to, to get this kind of insight into your near region. And I really hope that traveling picks up and that you get get to enjoy those uh, those regional meetings uh, that are now postponed or delayed or just the, the next one. Yeah, I really hope that's going to pick up. But it's also great to hear that the digital communications and the new ideas that, that came up yeah, maybe even brought your region closer together. And I really hope that gives a lot yeah, of hope. tabling energy to, to all those guys. Yeah, I hope we don't forget what actually we can get out of it. Maybe continue doing this, broadcast our AGMs and make it available for everyone that's not there. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's definitely uh, important to remember what worked well. You don't have to, to do all digital now, but... I think to just pick out those things that really improved connections, that really improved accessibility, or just, yeah, those quiz nights, those question and answer rounds with the international board or with any board, with any um, function in, in Roundtable that you can just, I don't know, it, it feels closer to just ask a question than it did before because... Yeah. They're just tablers. Everybody's just tablers, no matter which role. But if you're in a in a Zoom call, it's so much easier to ask a question than if they're in full regalia standing up behind the, the counter with the names and, and the chains and everything. So I, I think it's just, I don't think it's intimidating, but there's a, a distance just through that setup. And I think everybody being on the same Zoom call is, amazing in, in tearing down those barriers which actually don't really exist exactly uh, i agree totally yeah great having you and if you, you ever want to come back to this podcast if you have a story or if you have somebody from your region who should be here who should tell his story let me know absolutely thank you very much yeah.